welcome back to podcast room 303 episode 191 i'm your host jermaine Claude mendez this is my co-host nicholas morhan as always we have with us the epe and for today's nba mega edition and nhl mega edition we have with us special guest executive producer nevada putnam if you notice a little little extra in that that opening it's it's playoff basketball season baby there ain't no time to be mad annoyed quiet upset indoors it's time for the bulls to win it all as is a custom unlike any other we'll get into some pop culture pick them and obviously we'll touch the nba how are you doing this evening nick i'm doing good man happy to have uh nevada here happy to be uh alive and well and starting the podcast uh, late tonight because certain people can't pull certain heads out of certain asses. Ooh, sounds sexual. How are you doing this evening, Eric? Uh, feeling blessed. Uh, like you said, heading into playoff season, you know, Philly, you know, hopefully we don't flame out like we always do against the inevitable Boston matchup that's coming up, but feeling good, feeling great, feeling blessed. So that's what it is. You kept saying you know, and all I could think yes. was, do you know? You know? <laughs> it's because it's because I'm I'm yeah, trying play, I'm play trying not yeah. to be. Uh, you listen, I get enough heat from you and my friends about being a negative Nancy when it comes to my sports teams. Right. I can't so. I can't change how I'm actually feeling. I have anxiety. I'm stressed about this playoffs because the teams ahead of the Sixers look fucking amazing. Uh, and yeah, but we're gonna keep it positive. So yeah. All right, last but not least, Nevada, hopefully you know what you're going to say. I do. I am recovered from this past weekend between Rocky's opening day, uh, bachelor party weekend, and uh, Easter Sunday. So, yeah, recovered, back on the wagon. He is risen. What what is uh, What is the amount of beers polished off by yourself this weekend? Uh, if the credit card is any indication, a few too many. <laughs> I I don't know. I I lost track in the <laughs> yeah I lost track in the sun at Coors Field. So who knows? No, that's never happened to us at Coors Field. Nope, never. Nope. nope. Eric's Bye. never had to go early because of Coors Field. <laughs> <laughs> it was either Coors or the Irish girl. Who knows? It was 100% right. course. <laughs> All right. So we're going to be getting into uh, pop culture pick them now that the intro is out of the way. Uh, we will be doing top five songs you like by artists you hate. Uh, today's order is Nevada, myself, Eric, Nick. And without further ado, Nevada, take it away. All right. Um Yes, yeah, was a little tricky for me trying to think of all these songs, but I think I'm going to start off with uh, Party in USA by Miley. <laughs> Is that one of yours, Eric? Yeah, dude. Get out of town. The very first song is another person's also song. Like, you know how crazy statistically that is? Yeah. Yep. Wow. Blown away. All right, so uh, just a quick NBA nugget here. Uh, Atlanta has won the very first play-in game of the season. They are now poised to face Boston in the first round as the 2-7 matchup. Now, 
Uh, we'll get to my pick. My first pick is going to be Wild Ones by Flowrider. I don't really dislike Flowrider, but that song slaps, and I don't listen to any other Flowrider <laughs> song. So I was like, yo, that, I think that qualifies. <clears throat> All right, and uh, Eric, it's your turn. All right, so uh, with my first pick, which is just stolen from me by Nevada, but I'm going to go with uh, – damn, that was my number one pick too. Damn, Nevada. All right, I'm going to go with um, – I'm going to go with One Kiss by Dua Lipa. Fuck you if you hate me. That's it. That song fucks, bro. I mean, I just sang it, so clearly. Falling in love with me. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Nick, take it away. We're back-to-backs. All right, so two back-to-backs. So I wasn't one of the kids that liked this band uh, growing up, but this song gets me rolling every time. That's right. Limp Biscuit rolling. Oh. Followed by... L M F A O by Party Rock Anthem, or L M F A O with Party Rock Anthem. Okay. I despise both of those bands past those songs, but both those songs will get me up out of my seat. The white boy anthems, dog. <laughs> That's what it is. Anthem. White people love to never stop believing. <laughs> uh. Uh, Eric, back to you. Hopefully, uh, you can get your your third pick now. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the reason by Hoobastank. Oh, and the reason as yeah. Eric was singing that in the shower to the fucking mountaintops. You know it, bro. <laughs> Who hurt you, Eric? Who hurt Everybody. You? Who hurt you, baby? <laughs> the Sixers. Oh, here we go. God damn it. Oh, here Number it is. three seed in the East, and they're not good. Alright, I'm going with uh, a much maligned artist uh, in my friend group, and I love to troll it all the time. Uh, his Grammy-winning album is actually pretty good, but none of them will admit it because he shouldn't have won the Grammy, which is all factual. These are all factual things. I'm not knocking them, but I'm going with Wings by Macklemore. Oh, man. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, I I listened to that album from him and then nothing else. (laughs) Grammys effectively killed him for me, so that is... uh, But that album... I will say it's good. It was not good enough to win the Grammy, especially not that fucking year. <laughs> that year was. He played uh, a free concert at call on uh, campus in college. I think my freshman year, just as he was starting to get big. Oh, I was like, damn, he fell off so hard. He has to play free concerts now. <laughs> <laughs> especially and and see you at that. <laughs> no, right, don't don't it. bring that trash in here. It's CSU. All right. <laughs> So, this next band I cannot stand, um, but they do have one song that's pretty catchy, and that's going to be Moves Like Jagger by Maroon 5. Damn, Damn. you don't like Maroon 5? Damn, that's a good one. Mar- Maroon 5 is such a trash band. I cannot stand them. Man, that's a really good one. Trash is aggressive. All right, hey, yeah. Hey, this is all opinion based. They know, they know it's you. Trash though, trash, trash. Oh. All right, all right. And then you got um, another pick there, Nevada. Yeah, so on my back to back, this one's going to be even a 
uh, a more controversial pick, uh, but I've never been a Beatles fan. Uh, but I do like their song "Come Together." That's the only song I can stand. Okay. All right, and then uh, so that goes back to me. I'm gonna take uh, "I Like It" by Cardi B. <laughs> Uh, Cardi B is awful, but trash I like, human being. I like also, yeah, just just despicable human being that everyone fucking seems to adore. Uh, openly brags about rape, drugging and raping people, but only Bill Cosby can, is the one that's gonna get in trouble for that. It puts the pudding in the cup. All right, and then uh, now it's Eric's third pick. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> that was a. That was aggressive, Eric. Uh, I'm a rock with. I'm a rock with. Uh, I'm a rock with Holiday Inn by Chingy. I love that song, but that dude was probably one of the worst rappers ever. Yeah, that's not. That's probably probably in, in some sort of list somewhere. That, that, <laughs> that he's the worst. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, Nick, you got back to backs again. All right, I'm going back to back. I, I I don't know, and you guys can correct me if this qualifies. Does it qualify if I haven't heard anything else by that band? But I assume it would be awful. Sure, Crazy Frog, Axel F. Right, that's oh, first. Yeah. That's third pick. Right, great I song. Have, I have no clue who that. You is. know, it's the music video with the frog riding the invisible motorbike from the cops he's got the little penis you've seen the music video i guarantee you have jermaine you grew up in the beginning of youtube you've seen the i have not seen that i will look that up now it's in it's you're gonna look that up and it's in the recesses of your mind i don't think so dude it has to be it was in play as a millennial it's implanted in your mind i was too busy watching that youtube video of the kid who was jumping off the side of the building to try to get into the river and hits the edge of the cement like pier and his face is split open. I watched that one over and over and over again. We grew up in such a crazy age of videos. They just put anything on the internet. Remember the video of Al Qaeda sawing the dude's head off? Bro, and people that- were just passing that around middle school. They were like, look at this dude getting his head sawed off. That was like one of the many beheading videos they had. On and they're like, why don't millennials talk about their trauma? Well, because <laughs> we, we just thought that this was off. normal. I mean, not, right. to, not to derail you real quick, but we've all heard of Two Girls, One Cup. Mr. Hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I need to say. People who don't know Mr. Hand, that is a confusing sentence. The people that have seen that video, you just need to say Mr. Hand, and they're like, oh. <laughs> For those of you who are listening that have not seen Mr. Hand, and you are my age or or, or you're, you're within – Two years plus or minus of, of 30? What are you doing with your life? <laughs> Go watch it right now. Mr. Hand, old video. How dare you be a respectable human being? What's wrong with you? All right, so Crazy Frog, Axel. Crazy Frog. Uh, my second pick is I hate almost every other song by this guy. Um, it's going to be Ed Sheeran, Shape of You. Is that one of yours, Nevada? It was on the list. I don't know if it's going to make it, but yeah, it was on there. Holy crap. Well, there you the go. I've helped you out. Two songs. 
<laughs> that we're on two different lists is kind of crazy to me. Uh, Eric, go ahead and uh, pick your next song so that way nobody takes it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with um, Hated Him as a Rapper, Hate Him as a Punk Rocker. Um, <laughs> I think he's absolute dog shit. And, uh, you know, I hope he gets in a fiery car crash. But I'm going to go with uh, Drunk Face by Machine Gun Kelly. A fiery car crash? That's Jesus. Necessary. Seems unnecessary, but all right. Fiery car crash. I'm going to follow that up with a um, with another rapper who I personally don't think is very good at all, but this song does make me want to rock. I'm going to go Just Want to Rock by Little Uzi Vert. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that song. Yeah, that sounds I familiar. Think you, I think you might have heard it, bro. It's like super popular right now, so it was just it was just performed at WrestleMania too. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. All right, and then uh, Nevada, you get to close it out with your back to backs. Please, please, yeah. please. Um, I'm going to go with. Oh, um, I'm going to go with Bad Roman, Bad Romance by Lady Gaga. Bad Romance. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't yeah bad romance I don't ga, think ga, this ga, one's ga. gonna be terribly popular um I'm probably gonna go with some, uh I'll go with my own prison by Creed you could say any Creed song but I'll pick that one right. did you just say All you'll right. pick any Creed song that means you like Creed I like Creed, so... Can you take me high? For some reason, Creed and Nickelback get a I, fuck ton of slander for don't, some reason. Don't you start with me on this. Every single person, again, no, no. Plus, plus or minus three from age 30, 27 to 33, you liked Nickelback at one point in your life. Yeah, now it's just cool to hate on. Yeah, them. now it's so cool to hate. Hates on them. And yeah, their other stuff after they became a less or a better Chevelle was probably not that good. Once they got into like pop, rock, not good. Yeah, when they sold out, they weren't good. But neither is right. sellout Green Day. Everyone seems <laughs> right. to fucking adore Green Day. Fucking over There's... band. Sorry, go ahead, Nevada. What? Are you remaining silent now? <laughs> you yeah, there's two types of people, Nickelback fans. People who like Nickelback and, <laughs> and people who don't. <laughs> what the shit? <laughs> what Was it, isn't, that, so is, isn't that everybody? <laughs> there's like people who believe the world is round and those who don't? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just going to use that for everything from now on. I, I, I would say there's two types of people. There's people that don't like Nickelback and liars. Or there's people that like Nickelback and liars. <laughs> people who like Nickelback and people who pee in the shower are the exact same category of people. There's only <laughs> one answer. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm going to follow it up with my last pick. I'm going Bat Country by Avenged Sevenfold. I always hated that band. Yeah. Uh, so... Eric, go ahead and unmute yourself and give us your final pick. 
Uh, with my last pick, I'm going to go with uh, Rockstar by Nickelback. <laughs> Two-time appearance. Uh, first Damn. of all, Nickelback's best song is Saving Me. It's Rockstar. Everything else they did was garbage. Oh, my God. It's just the kid who probably bumped it to their songs growing up. Like, no, and now he's just lying. No, I didn't. No, I definitely... I did not come up in a home where Nickelback was being played, bro. You know that. Yeah, because that's the only place music's played. <laughs> oh, in the home. <laughs> that's that's the only place. <laughs> Eric, did you did you have a car with a radio in it? <laughs> no, nah, we. By the time I was driving, we had Ox. Oh, did we lose them forever? Oh, all right. You had bad you up. had Ox. Yeah, Ox. Did court. you grow up in Amish country? No, shit. Like, like no, like no horse. The auxiliary cord and iPods. By the time I was driving, so Ox power. Okay. We wasn't listening to no. We wasn't listening to no radio. All right, poor, poor Nevada's dropped out after we after we made fun of his uh, after we made fun of his statement about Nickelback, which I think maybe because he was getting cut off is why it didn't sound very good. But uh, <laughs> all right, my uh, okay. I'm gonna need, I'm, I'm I'm gonna go out to the. This is gonna be a a, a multiple choice, and I need you guys to help. Uh. I have two choices here, and I hate these bands equally. Well, not these bands. I, I hate these people equally. So it's either choice A, My Humps by the Black Eyed Peas, or choice B, All About That Bass by Megan Trainer. Oh, it's got to be the latter, bro. Because she's awful. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Or a third contender, Friday by Rebecca Black. Oh, yeah, I'll, we'll go. We'll go. We'll go all about that face by <laughs> Megan Trainer. Uh, that makes Black Eyed Peas, My Humps, my um, my honorable mention, and also Friday by Re- by Rebecca Black is a fucking banger. And I don't want to hear. I don't. Don't at me if you don't think it's not. <laughs> uh, you just uh, pissed off Rebecca Black's rabid fan base. Expect, yeah, oops. <laughs> expect a Twitter cancellation. The t- tens and tens of people are going to be really angry. <laughs> hey, Nick, if you want to meet her, my buddy uh, Hanky went to high school with her. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I went to high school with Kelsey Ballerini. You want to meet her? Who? Yeah, I don't know who that is, brother. Country superstar. Huh? Oh, okay. So she's probably not good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric, read us back the list, and we'll keep it pushing for pop culture. All right, so uh, top five songs you like by artists you hate. Nevada had the first pick. He went with Party in the USA with Miley Cyrus. Uh, Moves Like Jagger by Maroon 5. Uh, Come Together by the Beatles, which I coincidentally agree with you, Nevada. The Beatles are whack. Uh, Bad Romance, Lady Gaga, My Own Prison, Creed. Jermaine with the second pick went Wild Ones, Flo Rida. Wings, Macklemore, I Like It, Cardi B. Just want to rock Lil Uzi Vert and Bat Country by Avenged Sevenfold. I had the third pick went One Kiss Dua Lipa, The Reason Huba Stank, Holiday Inn Chingy, Drunk Face Machine Gun Kelly, Rockstar Nickelback. Uh, Nick closes out with the fourth pick. He had Rollin' by Limp Biscuit, Party Rock Anthem by the uh, LMFAO, Crazy Frog Axel F, Shape of You Ed Sheeran, and All About That Bass Megan Trainer. <laughs> You know what? We we shared an article this week back and forth between each other that said, what was it, Nevada? The fifty, the fifty or twenty old things old things that people do. Oh, I thought it was yeah. forty. Was it forty? Yeah. One of them that was not on that list that I just noticed that Eric does a lot 
is adding the in front of some. That, that was that. Party Rock Anthem by the LMFAO. The Google. The Facebook. Yeah, I can see that. I do that a lot. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> that, I guess I didn't get into reaction from Jermaine. <laughs> I just don't know why you would add unnecessary words. Eric won't even type players' names, but when he speaks, he's just going to add extra words. <laughs> You'll just, oh, yeah, that's uh, that 57. Uh, 57 is real, real good. Uh, uh, KR. I'm like, who the fuck's KR? That, nobody calls anybody KR. How am I just supposed to know the one of a million players who's I, KR? I do that a lot, uh, especially with like, so real quick, not to sidebar us too far, but like, I call Matthew McConaughey 2M because I can't spell McConaughey, even though I've been a fan of his for 15 plus years. I always forget how to spell McConaughey, so he's just 2M from now on. If I'm, say 2M in a text, talking about Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, but 2M is totally different when, with people with military background. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, dude. I, listen, that is what it is, dude. You know, like, you could just look up how to spell his name. Yeah, but I have to Google, and then it's just easier to be like 2M. No, it's not, because no one knows who the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> just because you no, know. No, I'll, I'll do it in context. I'll be like, yo, did y'all see – Did y'all see, like, what did y'all think about 2M's performance in Interstellar? And everybody like, knows everybody knows exactly what I'm talking about. No, no they don't. No, nobody they don't. knows that. That's why I brought it up, because I'm always like, who? Like, I have to ask who every single time. And, and, and he here's the thing. He did that with a player on the Saints. He was just like, yo, 5'6", and I'm just like, what are we talking about? Who Bro, about? that's and, – and, and here's the thing, Eric. If we're talking linguistically, it should be M squared. <laughs> two, two M, like that's M two M. It's M's, easy to type out instead of M, M squared. Is like I had to type a whole word out. Uh, I'm just saying, if you said, "Yo, did you check out M squared in Interstellar?" I'd be like, "Oh, Matthew McConaughey." Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll change it up. That's enough. That's enough of this. The whole thing is nonsensical. <laughs> he's, he's gonna critique the way you shorthand. Get the fuck out of here. All right, today's NBA episode uh, is all about what happened in the regular season and what happened or what's going to happen in the uh, postseason. So for those of you who don't follow the NBA as rapidly as the rest of us, I'll go ahead and give you a breakdown of who actually qualified for the playoffs. So um, for those of you don't, who are unfamiliar, there's 30 NBA teams, 20 teams make it, which puts that at about 67% of the teams available uh, qualifying, which is a staggering percentage when you actually think about it. But it actually makes the end of the season pretty exciting and made meaningful basketball games on the final day of the regular season. At the same time, there was an interesting dichotomy because you had, you know, G League teams essentially just rolled out uh, onto the NBA court on that last day while other people were fighting for, for things that mattered. So it's pretty fascinating. We'll start with the Eastern Conference since their time zones first. Um, the number one seed and best record overall in basketball is the 58 and 24 Milwaukee Bucks. Then you have the second seed, Boston Celtics, at 57 25. Coming in at third are the very shitty Philadelphia Eagle, uh, Philadelphia 76ers, 54 and 28. I mean, that's just only good enough for the third best record in the league. Uh, then you have the fourth seed, 
uh, 51 and 31 Cleveland Cavaliers, Knicks at 47-35, and Brooklyn Nets 45 and 37, rounding out the five and six. Now for the play-in tournament, you had Atlanta, the I believe Atlanta was actually the eight seed, uh, taking on the seven seed Miami Heat. That game is already in the books. The Atlanta Hawks went on the road, beat Miami, and won themselves a date with the Boston Celtics. Uh, Toronto plays Chicago tomorrow. Those are the nine and 10 seeds. Toronto gets to host the game. Uh, in the Western Conference, you have the 53 and 29 Denver Nuggets, whose record is good enough for fourth in the league, but they still won their conference. You have the Memphis Grizzlies coming in at 51 and 31 after a, a wildly tumultuous season. Uh, John Morant's suspension and uh, his him beating up a 17-year-old kid, his incident on the volleyball court, pushing a woman in a mall, as well as a, showing a gun in the Denver Nuggets locker. Uh, sorry, in Denver. A club the in Denver. Yeah, Shotgun Willys. Not the Denver. It was Shotgun Willys? Is that the name of the club? Yeah, the strip club. <laughs> That's a great fucking name. <laughs> uh, then you have the Sacramento Kings, who – Got off the schneid of a 16-year playoff absence. Coming in at 48 and 34. You have the Phoenix Suns at 45 and 37. Uh, you have the Clippers and Golden State rounding out 5 and 6. at Both tied at 44 and 38. Um, and for the playing games, you have the Los Angeles Lakers hosting the Minnesota Timberwolves. And you have the New Orleans Pelicans hosting the Oklahoma City Thunder. First of all, let's start with any surprises that you boys may have. Um, we've just covered the Eastern Conference and Western Conference standing, so any surprises from either division? Uh, I should have listened to you and bet the Lakers. <laughs> and, boy, and boy, howdy, if they're not the scariest seventh seed in a while. Yeah, very much so. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, since the trade deadline, I believe went 19-11, and 11, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe it was 20-10, and 10, but they've been – very lights out since the trade deadline. Um, you know, Austin Reeves has been a re revelation since they shipped out Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Austin Reeves has uh, put up 16 points, six assists while getting to the free throw line like six times a game and hitting like two point some change three pointers a game. Uh, he's all but guaranteed himself almost six, 15 to 16 million a year uh, over the next four or five years. So it'll be very interesting to see how the Lakers approach this situation, especially with what happened with Alex Caruso. And uh, um, we'll get into Alex Caruso later on in the podcast as well. All right, so uh, Nick is shocked by the Lakers' resurgence in the Western Conference. Uh, and any and what was the record for the last 30 games, Eric? Uh, and uh, any surprises in the Eastern Conference, Nick? Uh, well, I'll give one more in the West. In the West right now – seems to be Nuggets and, and Grizzlies, right? They're, those are the two kind of cream of the crop teams that have that have rose above the rest of everybody else. I, I'm, I'll be interested to see if that holds true uh, come playoff time because that I, it's kind of seemed like the, the, the West, and we talked about it with like 20 games left, 10 games left. The West, the West has kind of been this – it's been Nuggets and Grizzlies and then just this tumultuous mess – or we talked about at the trade deadline, right? You didn't even talk about Dallas. Like we, <laughs> yeah. we thought Dallas crushed the trade deadline. We thought the Phoenix Suns crushed the trade deadline. 
the two teams that we thought really didn't crush the trade deadline were who? Denver and Memphis, right? In the West. Yeah, yeah. And yet they're the best two teams in the West. I would say almost without, without argument. Now it'll be interesting to see going into the playoffs if that remains true. Um, that, that, yeah, that's a, that's a very fair point. Both of those teams are 50-win teams. But uh, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies are actually tied with the Cleveland Cavaliers. So yeah. that's how stacked the Eastern Conference is. The, the first, like, four of the top six teams in the leagues, record-wise, um, are all out of the Eastern Conference. And, you know, if they were seeded without any conferences, uh, Denver would be the fourth seed, Memphis would be the fifth seed, and Cleveland would be the sixth seed. Um, and that's if we got rid of conferences, which is something that we hoped for, but it's never going to happen. So courtesy of EPE, the Lakers went 15-8 and eight from the trade deadline. We're trying to get you the 30-game uh, snapshot which is typically right around all-star breaking on. So uh, because this is a professional podcast, my Eastern surprise is the Cavs, right? Kind of unheard of, like kind of an unheard of team, at least to, to myself, who's a casual basketball fan. I could not name a player on the Cavs, like a, a star player that they have. Uh, but, I can name a few. You might have heard of them. So there's uh, Darius Garland was an all-star last year. Nope. Donovan Mitchell. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So Donovan Mitchell dropped uh, 17 uh, points. I mean, sorry, 17. That's not even impressive. I was like, I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> he dropped 71 points against the, uh, the Chicago Bulls this year. And they have uh, Evan Mobley. Do you know that name? Yeah, former Thunder guy, right? No, uh, Evan Mobley is a former USC Trojan. He's his no. second year in the league. And, no. and then uh, Jared Allen is their starting center. And he, Ulysses is messing up back there. <laughs> All right, Nevada. So that's Nick's surprises. Uh, all great selections. What are your surprises? They can be good surprises. They can be bad surprises. It's just whatever you want to go with. Yeah, I was actually thinking, uh, obviously, I don't pay attention to the NBA quite as much, but the Kings to come out, especially the last, what, probably 20 games, I want to say, where they were just on fire and were actually kind of challenging for the number one seed. I think that uh, historically the Kings for the last, I don't know, in my view, last 10 years have been kind of trash, but this year they, they turned out really well. I was pretty surprised with that. Yeah, I think that's a, a, a great choice. I'm glad somebody said that. That's going to lead to some foreshadowing later on when we get into the coach of the year conversation, um, who I think is the bona fide lock on that. But uh, so that's your uh, Western Conference. And what about Eastern Conference? If you don't have any, you don't have any. Um, off the top of my head, I don't have one. I'd have to look real quick. But um, I don't think it's necessarily a surprise for me. It's just kind of the death of, of what they were, but the heat. Um, I know the last few years they were towards the top in the East. Um, and then what was that? Was that two years ago, the Easter Conference Finals? 2020, yeah. Yep. 20, whatever, something like that. So it's just been a steady decline for them. Um, I, again, I wouldn't say necessarily surprised, but a disappointment. Yeah. 
that that's a that's a fair answer, especially with the performance they just put on in a must-win game at home <laughs> versus the Atlanta Hawks. So uh, lucky for them, they have another home game uh, in the final playing game on Friday. Um, hopefully, they can get their head out of their ass. So we'll see about that. All right, Eric, and on, on to you. Western Conference and Eastern Conference. Uh, for the West, I was going to go with Kings. Uh, Nevada got that, which is an excellent point. Uh, but with for this one, I'm going to go with the disrespect the Warriors are getting. I understand they've had struggles on the road, but they're still the defending champs. Curry missed extended periods of time. Klay Thompson has had his best season in a while, uh, even before the injury. Like this is it's not just his best season since injury. Like it's his best season in a while. Um, it's it's might be arguably his best. Yeah, season. arguably his best season. Um, they did, they, they, they had Andrew, they missed Andrew Wiggins for what, 19, 20, 21 games, something like that. Um, yeah. so there's just a lot of, there's a lot of shit that's going on and people seem to just be like, eh, the Warriors are going to get bounced. <laughs> They're the war, the reigning champions. They have four championships. They have two-time MVP, two-time MVP or one-time MVP. Uh, Doesn't matter. Back to back and unanimous. Yeah. So I mean, just just the fact that you know everybody's talking about you know respect you know deservedly so they're talking about the Nuggets and all this hoopla about the Memphis Grizzlies. We've seen them fall off hard, granted injuries and stuff, but uh, I definitely do think people need to stop disrespecting the Warriors. Um, it's a pretty safe take. You know, it's a pretty good one because it seems like nobody's talking about how no, they're no no talking head is talking about them. No, at the sixth seed, but no yeah. group chat is talking about and Steph Curry's dead. And <laughs> how many times <laughs> do I have to argue this? <laughs> and, He's dead. Sixth uh, seed in the West, dead. <laughs> not to not to you know do too much foreshadowing, but they're going up against a team that has zero playoff experience and their best player. Uh, who has playoff experience. The last time he was in the playoffs, he averaged nine points a game and was a shell of the person he is now. So we'll see. We'll see. But anyway, and then on the East, uh, I'd say biggest surprise. Um, man, I'm going to do it to you, bro. I'm going to do it to you. Chicago. Whoo! Uh, somebody had to take it. That was low-hanging fruit, bro. I'm, I'm going to be honest, man. You have you have three guys who, in their own right, deserve max contracts. They seem, they seem to complement each other as like independent players together. I don't know if they fit together in a team unit as well as they could, but they underachieved. I understand Lonzo being out, but when you have as much firepower, you have the mid range is secure. Your center is an offensive threat. You have one of the baddest, highest flying dudes, one of the most efficient players in basketball. And what did you say? They came in offense 18th or no, no, they're bottom 10 in the league in offense. So, I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's just extremely disappointing. And, and, you know, I no, I'm not trying to throw shade at your team, but it just wasn't, it just they it's could not have shaded, it's fact. They could just they could have performed so much better, man. No, you ain't gonna get an argument here. You cannot have Zach Levine, Demar Derozan, Nikola Vucevic, all former All Stars and All Stars this year, and pay them ninety million dollars and not be a top twenty offense. It was failure from the coaching staff. It was failure to see growth from bench players. Uh, there was no consistency game to game. Uh, overall, the team was pretty healthy. Despite Lonzo Ball, overall, the team was pretty healthy. The fact that Alex Caruso didn't start all season prevented him from winning Defensive Player of the Year. Some more foreshadowing when we get into that discussion later. But 
you know, it was failure across the board. And on top of that, it was failure to stand pat at the trade deadline and not make any moves for a team that was literally achieving mediocrity. And you didn't feel the need to make any moves to change that team. So we'll see what happens. I don't think this squad is long to stay together. There's going to be um, – we'll see. If Arturas – Casinovas is is going to hold himself to his word where he says we're not here to be mediocre. We're not striving for mediocre. Well, sir, you just put up a mediocre season after only winning one playoff game last year. So let's figure it out. If not, then accept that you're going to have to put some mediocre years together. That's the thing. It's easy to talk, right? It's easy to talk. Now it's whether or not you're willing to do it. We'll see. And – we might not even have a first-round pick this year because we still owe one to Orlando for the Nikola Vucevic trade. And we still, on top of that, we still owe one to the San Antonio Spurs for the DeMar DeRozan trade. Meanwhile, the guy you shipped out, Larry Markkinen, will be brought up later on in this podcast. So, all right. Look. If the seat isn't hot yet, it's warm. You got at least one button on the car seat warmer, bro, because it's going to get wild. All right, um, so that brings us to the conclusion of our surprises and disappointments. That's Not- a great way to refer to the coaching hot seat as, <laughs> as ticks on a car, on a car, like a car warmer. So I'm, I'm not going to give mine because we've already given six, right? We get you know, six surprises, disappointments, so that we're not going to beat a goddamn dead horse. All right, so play in games, right? Miami already lost, as we've covered. Currently, the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves lead the Los Angeles Lakers by six heading into the second quarter. So uh, we'll start in the Western Conference, seeing as their game is being played right now. Who do you have winning the matchup between the Lakers and the Timberwolves tonight? I thought it was going to be the Lakers. Okay. But, uh, so you got Lakers. The Lakers are hot, but I mean, number one right now. Number one defense in the league since the trade deadline. I'm going Lakers. And Nevada. I, I got Lakers. Yeah, I got Lakers too. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh, a unanimous decision here. I'm abstaining uh, as I'm the one asking these questions. But uh, as uh, the executive producers were so kind to look up. The last 30 games of the season, the Lakers were 19 and 11. Uh, that was a big time turnaround to actually get them above 500. So kudos to them. That put them all the way to the seventh seed, where they will host two home games in the play-in tournament if they lose today. Uh, and uh, they were also 15 and 8 since they made all those tra- trades. So they're one of the more hot teams right now. LeBron James, Anthony Davis. You don't really want to bet against them or see them in the playoffs. So the Western Conference is going to be something fierce this season. Watch as we say that all the first round, comp- all the first round matchups are going to stink. All right. So that brings us to the Timberwolves losing. The Timberwolves will play the winner of the uh, New Orleans Pelicans and Oklahoma City Thunder. So we'll pick that one first. Uh, started with Nick last time. Eric, who do you got? Um, I'm going to go Thunder. All right, so you're taking the upset. Thunder on the road in New Orleans, Nevada. Who do you got? I got the Pelicans on this one. All right, so uh, we have a Pel- uh, Thunder and a Pelicans choice, so we have a split panel. Nick, please break the tie. 
Yeah, I, I, in in the vein of the uh, the Hawks today, I'll, I'll go upset with the Thunder. All right, so that's two for the Thunder, one for the New Orleans Pelicans. The New Orleans Pelicans are another team that is playing real well right now heading in to the play-in tournament and playoffs. They were actually um, outside of the play-in tournament, and they turned it around in – their, I mean, their final 10, they were 7-3. and three. And if you look at their final 20, I believe they were uh, pretty similar to what the Lakers are putting up number-wise. So that will be very interesting to walk, watch. The Oklahoma City Thunder have a lot of young talent, so it's going to be a real fun game to watch. Should be fast-paced, should be high-intensity. Uh, hopefully the moment's not too big for some of these young players on both teams. Talking about Jalen Williams, who we'll bring up later in the podcast. Talking about Trey Murphy II, who will also show up later in the podcast. Uh, Shout-out CJ McCollum. Shout-out Brandon Ingram for keeping this team afloat without Zion Williamson. If Zion uh, was actually – if Zion actually played the whole season – and you extrapolate the statistics for what he played, the New Orleans Pelicans would have finished with 59 wins. That would make them the number one seed in the league. Is he coming back? What's what's the timetable? Uh, we don't know. I have He's one. just another Greg Oden then, huh? Yeah, so in four seasons, uh, Zion Williamson's played 114 games. He has missed 2.6 seasons of basketball. Jesus. It's staggering what that man's going, what that man has done, and what he's going through. Hopefully, he gets it together. I would hate to be the general manager because how the hell do you plan around that? <laughs> so, um, also, can you even trade Zion? Is anyone willing to take that to take that on? This wow. that is an unenviable situation. So we have the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, who won the tiebreak? Sorry, Nevada. We'll have the Thunder taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves for the final eight seed spot in the Western Conference. Who do you boys have? We'll start with you, Nevada. Oh, that was a bad call. <laughs> Looks like Nevada froze again. Can right, this? Oh, is that him? Where are you, Eric? From beyond the grave? He's frozen. We can hear you if you're still talking. All right. What is it? So, what's what's the question now? All right, so you guys had Thunder versus Timberwolves for the final okay. eight seed. Yep. So who are you taking? Man, I I think it's got to be Timberwolves, right? I think they're I think the Thunder the Thunder's uh, run ends right before they get out of the, the playing game. All right, so you got the Timberwolves and Eric. Who you got? Uh, I'm gonna take the Timberwolves, um, even though they're missing Jalen McDaniels. They'll have Gobert back, and that they I don't think the Thunder have the size to deal with that. Okay, yep. So the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves are going to be losing. Um, they've lost Nas Reed for the season. They've lost Jaden McDaniels for the season. And then Rudy Gobert was suspended today. But uh, they seem pretty game today. They're currently still up eight on the Lakers. Actually, I mean, they increased their lead by two. So it's 35-27 with less than 10 minutes left in the second. Um, so that gives us Lakers, Timberwolves as our 7-8 seeds, which uh, ends up being chalk for where they finished. Uh, so we'll move it to the Eastern Conference. Atlanta already got the seventh seed, so Miami will take on the winner of Toronto versus Chicago. Uh, Eric, who do you got coming out of that one? Uh, man, I hate to bust your ass, but I'm going to go Toronto. I know you guys have bad matchups against them. And Nick? Uh, you're muted, brother. I think it's what we just talked about this whole podcast, right? 
it's huh? it's the Bulls have failed to live up to expectations. Yeah, and, uh, so, so one, of the, one of the good things that Toronto has going for them, so the po- positionless basketball experiment that they were trying to run with Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, and OG Ananubi uh, has, been, has essentially been canceled due to the trade deadline. They traded for center Jacob Pottle from the San Antonio Spurs, which actually gave them a big-time presence in the middle and uh, solidified – themselves against teams with bigger bigger players and has made them uh much more malleable to defensive adjustments and actually makes them kind of a bigger threat from that perspective i'll take toronto as well and as as we get nevada back in here so um nevada so we have uh miami taking on toronto in the in the eastern conference for the final play and so who do you have coming out of that Okay, yeah. So if we're going Toronto and Miami, I'm gonna go with. Oh, I can't go against Jimmy Buckets, even though they just laid an egg. But <laughs> I'll, I'll go. I'll stick with Jimmy Buckets for one more time. So I'll go with Miami. <laughs> All right. So we got one for Miami. Nick, who do you got for that as well? Hmm. Yeah, you know what I I, I I can't count the heat out, uh, especially in a in a play in tournament. So I'm I'm gonna go Heat. <laughs> All right, so the Miami Heat uh, have two votes. Eric, are you differentiating? Or are you riding the trend? Uh, I think Toronto. Uh, the Heat had um, a flashback performance from Kyle Lowry today. Hit plus the, over thirty points. He ain't going to do that again. I mean, he could, but I don't believe he's going to do that again, and they still came up short. I don't think they have the firepower, and Toronto isn't exactly a a weak defensive team. I actually think they get in. All right, so Toronto, uh, Toronto. So Eric has Toronto. Uh, the tiebreak goes to Miami. So uh, we're going to end up with um, Atlanta and Miami being the seven eight seed. So Miami will take on Milwaukee. Um, Boston will take on Atlanta. Philadelphia will take on Brooklyn. And Cleveland will take on the New York Knicks. We'll run through those Eastern Conference matchups real quick. Let's see if I have the, the odds for what matchups we have. So, uh, do we have odds for Atlanta? I can share my screen if you need. Oh. Yeah, I think they have that Atlanta-Boston series added. Okay, so uh, very first series we have, we have the Philadelphia 76ers taking on the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, you, you can share it, Eric. Um, Philadelphia is minus 900, and the Brooklyn Nets are plus 600. Uh, does anyone disagree with Philadelphia advancing? Nope. Nope. Uh, Boston is minus 1,000. Atlanta Hawks are plus 700. Uh, anyone differentiating from Boston advancing? When when is Jason nope. Tatum gonna be back? Uh, Jason Tatum's not hurt. Who's hurt? For Didn't somebody team. like cut his hand or cut his foot or something? Jalen Brown not expected to miss any time. Okay, no. <laughs> All right, uh, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers at minus two hundred taking on the New York Knickerbockers at plus one sixty. This is probably going to be one of the best matchups in the first round uh two hard-nosed defensive teams two teams that'll get after your ass two teams that are hungry uh that are you know completely different from the teams they were last year uh who do you guys have coming out of this series 
Man. Tell me, tell me what, tell me why the Knicks are going to win it. So the reason why the Knicks are going to win it is because of the elevation of Jalen Brunson, the development of Emmanuel quickly, who's Daniel here later. Um, the defensive prowess of, of Quentin Grimes and Tom Thibodeau shortens his bench to where his best players play a majority of the minutes. Okay. Tell me why Cleveland's going to win it. Cleveland is the number one defensive team in the league. Uh, they're also a top 10 offensive team in the league. Donovan Mitchell is an all-NBA first team this year. That's right, little spoilers to what we're going to get into later. Um, and he's completely changed that that offense. Uh, also, that, that offense is the reason they sputtered in the playoffs last year. But the evolution of uh, Evan Mobley into one of the most fascinating young prospects in the game makes him the ultimate X factor for this playoffs. He has lateral quickness. He has quick jumping ability. He has excellent timing, brilliant feel for the game, fantastic mid-range. He can finish around the basket with either hand. He is an offensive and defensive, very great player. And, uh, you know, I, I liken him to uh, Giannis-esque potential for him to eventually take that leap. He's good with the ball in his hands. He's good when, when double teams come to find open players. He's great on defense. Uh, he fills the stat sheet. Uh, and so I think Evan Mobley is going to be the X factor for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he puts his stamp on this series, and we see kind of a coming out party for him, and people start talking about him as potentially being one of the next players, and he'll probably be top five under 25 NBA player going into next season. In that case, I can't argue against the Cleveland Cavaliers, so I'll pick them. So I mean, that's kind of in line with your pick earlier in the beginning. You were surprised by the Cleveland Cavaliers' performance. Again, coming in with a 51-31 and 31 record, um, which was good for fourth in the East, which is a, a hellacious conference this year. Um, anyone, anyone taking the Knicks? Eric, Nevada? No. 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 Right. Julius Randle is still questionable. Um, just real quick, some other some other facts that um, I wrote down for the pre-show. But um, Julius Randle's still in a walking boot, so that's huge. Nobody's mentioned that. Um, the Cavs lead the league with 32 double-digit wins, but they're also the 10th best team at 24 and 21 in games that were within five points. Um, uh, in the last five, within five points in the last five minutes. Um, so I just I think they they can blow you out. I think if it's close, they got it. They got a clutch player, and the Julius Randall question mark is there. So yeah, I think the Cavs take this one. Yeah, Cleveland, one of the the few teams that plays two seven footers together and uh, seems to get away with it pretty regularly. Uh, so that moves us into the Western Conference. Uh, look. It's going to be the Bucks versus the Heat, Bulls, or Raptors. Nobody thinks those three teams are good enough to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. So we're going to pencil in the Milwaukee Bucks as well. We don't have any series odds for them. But if you were betting series odds, you, you're probably going to want to parlay them since they are so staggeringly huge. But uh, we'll get into the Western Conference. So the Denver Nuggets will play uh, the one of four teams, right? Los Angeles, Minnesota. Oh, uh, my. Who are the other two? Oh, sorry. Uh, Pelicans <laughs> and Thunder. Um, that's so one of the concerns I have with Denver coming into to the playoffs is they finished the season seven and ten. 
right? Which is very much not good. But they did rest a lot of players. They beat the brakes off the Memphis Grizzlies like March 8th and, um, and extended their lead to five games. And ever since then, have kind of coasted. Now, that's where my concern comes into. Uh, what Denver Nuggets team do we get going into the season, um, into this playoffs? I don't think that they're going to lose the first round matchup. You know, the only one that really poses that kind of threat is the Los Angeles Lakers, but we all anticipate them pulling it out versus Minnesota, even though they're still down eight right now. Uh, so we'll pencil Denver in. Uh, that's just kind of where we see that going. Then we'll get into the next matchup, uh, which would be the Memphis Grizzlies versus the winner of this Timberwolves-Lakers game. Uh, Memphis lost Brandon Clark for the season. Steven Adams won't play in the playoffs. So both their center positions, uh, both their centers are very much hurt. But they still have uh, a defensive player of the year candidate. They have uh, another defensive um, all defensive NBA team guy in Dylan Brooks and obviously John Morant's back. So with the addition of Luke Kennard, it helps, uh, you know, expand some of those driving lanes for John Morant, who's having his, I think, worst uh, statistical shooting season of his young career. Uh, so the Memphis Grizzlies are also right for an upset. Does, does any, so let, let's say we have the Lakers win tonight, right? So if the Lakers are playing the Memphis Grizzlies, where do you guys stand on that matchup? Lakers in five. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll agree with Eric with the Lakers. I, I think the Lakers take it to seven, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of. Yeah, I'm kind of more in line with Nick. I think. I think it would be LeBron and the Lakers. I don't know if I'd go five, but. So Lakers. So just to explain. Real quick reasoning. Uh, since the trade deadline uh, and the Lakers made that move, like I said, uh, in, the, in that time frame, they are the number one defense in the league. Um, the Grizzlies have been decimated at center. Um, Steven Adams is a huge loss. Brandon Clark is a huge loss. Um, you got AD coming at you. And outside of Dylan Brooks and, and uh, John Morant, when it slows down in a half court, and you have – LeBron up upping the defense a little bit. I know he's slowed down. He's, he's you know he's a little he's thirty eight years old, but they they this is not a team um, that this is not a team that's gonna. I don't think this is a team that's gonna threaten the Lakers. I think the Lakers are just built to manhandle this team with the injuries. If Stephen Adams and Brendan Clark were here, I think it'd be a little bit of a different series. Yeah, so it'll it'll be very very interesting to see how this goes. The Memphis Grizzlies are thirty five and six at home. Um which I believe is – let me double-check that. Yeah, that's the best record at home. So, But the Lakers only need to sneak one win. You have LeBron James. You have Anthony Davis. You have one of the hotter teams in, in the post – coming into the postseason. And we've seen this blueprint for the Lakers before, right? Uh, their bubble championship, right, one of LeBron's many asterisk titles um, – was they hung their hat on defense. They were not that great offensively, but they were the number one defensive team in the league and were able to get the, get the job done. Uh, so that's very interesting. Uh, a Lakers-Memphis matchup, if I'm Memphis with the injuries right now, I'm not excited to see them. But Dylan Brooks is on the record saying that he hopes they get the Lakers so he can b bounce LeBron and co. 
Um, said that before the playing game started today. Very interesting uh, strategy there. So uh, Memphis is in danger is what we're saying if things shape out the way they go. Now let me ask you this. If Minnesota wins tonight versus Los Angeles, does that change how you feel about Memphis? I think I think they beat I, I think they beat Minnesota pretty easily. So you think Minnesota beats Memphis as well, Eric? Yes. Or, or are you just saying this because you hate Memphis? No, no, no. I, again, this all has to do with Jaron Jackson being the lone guy out there, and I'm not gonna try to overcredit Rudy Gobert or overcredit Cat because you know I can't stand either of those motherfuckers. But in the playoffs, when it slows down, Cat's a, Cat's quote unquote, believe it if you don't, but don't, uh, the best big man shooter of all time. Rudy Gobert's going to block that. He's going to clog that paint. You know what I mean? Draw, a lot of that offense is ge- generated through draw, driving in and stuff. And I, I genuinely think missing Steven Adams and Clark and only having Jaron Jackson, who, what did we say? What did we talk about for the last, like, 16 weeks of this season? He is always in foul trouble. And it's just going to hurt them. So I think I honestly, that's my honest opinion without bias, not because I hate Memphis, but without bias, I think I think they're going to lose in the first round, regardless of who they play. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's very interesting uh, to hear that point of view since we've seen Rudy Gobert continually be marginalized in the playoffs. Uh, teams just pull him away from the basket. He becomes a non-factor. Uh, Desmond Bain is still a very good player. Uh, Luke Kennard, as well as the role players that they have coming off the bench for the Memphis Grizzlies. So I I don't know if it's as as textbook as, you know, Minnesota waxes over Memphis, but I think they they are rooting for Minnesota right now. Uh, All right, let's get into the two series that we have available with odds. We have the three seed Sacramento Kings taking on the Golden State, the six seed Golden State Warriors. Uh, And, you know. To some people's surprise, maybe, maybe not. The Golden State Warriors are minus 290 favorites, while the Sacramento Kings are plus 225. So, uh, with that being said, uh, just a a quick note for Sacramento. They are the only Western Conference playoff team to have a winning record on the road and at home. With that being said, Nevada, who do you have winning this series? I got Warriors in five. (laughs) <laughs> Jesus, Sacramento, thank you for showing up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, Eric, who do you got coming out of this one? Uh, the Warriors are 3-1 and one on the season against the Kings. Um, they are fully back. They got Wiggins back. Uh, Clay's had his best season. And something that I've said multiple times on this podcast, um, until somebody takes away the championship from them, I'm going to bet on the champion. Um, I think there's value there at the Kings that dogs like that in the playoff series. I mean, if you got some pizza money to throw in it, do it. Because, I mean, how can it hurt? But I do think the Warriors win the series uh, in seven or six. Yeah. Uh, again, fascinating takes. The Warriors are 11 and 30 on the road. Uh, three and run against the Kings. I would have to go look up who of the Kings actually played in those games. Uh, was it on the back-to-back? Was it one of four and five? There are some extenuating circumstances. That's why I don't put so much weight on the regular season. But the Kang, the Kings cannot be thrilled with the matchup they drew, right? Like, you, you can't be thrilled. And then here's the thing, right? The Golden State Warriors struggled all year, and they have four less wins than the Sacramento Kings. 
<laughs> so that's that's a whole nother thing. So it's going to be a very interesting matchup. I love this California battle. That should be a lot of fun. Nick, who do you have coming out of this one? Yeah, I'm going to flip the script here. I, I think Sacramento wins in five or six, and I don't even think it's relatively close in the last two games. I, 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 I think Sacramento is more efficient than Golden State at home, and they're more efficient than Golden State away in terms of offense. Okay. I, I just I, I think Sacramento is a better team in Sacramento and they're a better team in Golden State, and that's generally the team that wins a playoff series. <laughs> if you can play better at home and you can play better at the road than your opponent, you win a playoff series. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's a very fair point. Um but uh, so I will I I appreciate some King's love on this podcast. I love the divide. Uh, the Golden State Warriors are going to be a trendy pick. I feel like when people actually start covering these things. But when Draymond Green, when Kevon Looney, when Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson, and Steph Curry are on the court, they have the best differential in the NBA. Yeah. So. So it'll be interesting to see what condition is Andrew Wiggins in, right? Mm -hmm. is, is Andrew Wiggins going to be in game shape? Can we expect him to play a hard 30 minutes of NBA playoff basketball in his first game back? Uh, that'll be incredibly interesting. Uh, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, we know what we're going to expect from them. Uh, Draymond Green had – I don't want to foreshadow too much, but it seems to be what I've been doing as we, we cover this. Is Draymond Green has had his best defensive – season of his career just based on who hasn't been playing based on who he's been coaching up based on on the shots that he's present for when people are shooting um the fact that steph curry only played what what is it 57 games clay thompson only played 50 something kavon looney only played 50 something andrew wiggins only played 50 something jordan Poole only played 50 something uh gary payton the second was traded for and was hurt immediately james wiseman their uh bust of a first round pick might be the worst thing bob myers has done in his gming career uh like there have been so many question marks but with that being said draymond green also logged the most minutes of his career at center uh, still had them when he was on the court a 109 points per 100 possessions which is amazing when you think about all the people in and out of that lineup the trades the the dysfunction that was going on i mean he started the season with punching jordan pool does anyone remember that <laughs> like, so you know it it's been such a long season. It's almost like you can get fatigued by the end of it. But, you know, Golden State Warriors and minus 290 is crazy. I think Kings at plus 225 is, like Eric said, is fantastic value. I'm getting a three seed at uh, a, you know, plus 225 odds is crazy. Uh, I would flirt with betting on that for sure. And then if they lose to the defending champs, like anyone's like, well, you thought the Kings were going to. I was like, no, no, no. I bet the, I bet the line. I didn't bet who I thought was going to win, but at plus 225, you, you can't pass it. All right, so uh, we have the Warriors coming out of that one. Um, next matchup, we have the Phoenix Suns versus the L.A. Clippers. I like to call this the anti-Los Angeles Lakers fan series. It is hysterical that these two teams matched up, right? Uh, quick, quick fact. Uh, first of all, Kawhi Leonard 
since they they took the the load management reins off of him and he got healthy has been a revelation he is back to playing the way he's played before but there will be no paul george at least in the first few games of this series um small sample size for devin booker chris paul and kevin durant but when they're on the floor together they are 17.1 points per 100 possessions better <laughs> than their opponents they never lost the game with KD, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker playing together. Again, small sample size. But uh, with that being said, Nick, who do you got taking this one, the Phoenix Suns or the Los Angeles Clippers? Yeah, I think this is this is probably in, in that tumultuous Western Conference like we talked about. This is probably the closest matchup. Um, I'm going to give it to Phoenix, though. I, I, I still think – the star power on the court for Phoenix is, is enough to at least get them past one playoff series. The star power of Phoenix. Yeah. And, they, and they're the homes. They're the home. They have home advantage. Right. So, you know, can't the worst fan bases in sports. Yeah. They do have home court. Sons and four <laughs> or sons and five. Sons and five. Dude, I honestly, Eric, can you, uh, on that little doodad right there, can you click, uh, like series games, I would love to see what a Suns and four uh, Suns. bet looks like. Uh, I'm gonna make it a little bit bigger. Give me one second. I can't see the screen, so how does that look? Bigger. Bigger. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm. No, 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 no. Uh, Suns. Uh, Suns and well, they have four games to be plus three hundred. Uh. Suns and five. What, Suns and Phoenix Suns four zero is plus three twenty. And then what is Phoenix Suns four uh, one? Plus two forty. That's and that's the betting favorite right now. Yeah. All right, you heard that, Nick. If you like that, plus two forty is is uh, is what your odds are for a four one. Yeah. All right, so that I believe we cover. Yeah, we covered Denver and Memphis already. So that covers all our first round series, right? So. Uh, we'll be covering the NBA much more as we go along. Now, w with that being said, before we get into awards, we'll go ahead and finish out our playoff talk. So, Nevada, you get to go first since you're our guest today. Uh, who do you have meeting in the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals? And then who do you have winning, right? So, if you think Chicago makes it to the Eastern Conference Finals, you can pick that. It's whoever you want. And then uh, whoever wins those conference finals, who do you have winning the NBA Finals? All right. Uh, for the East, uh, I'm not a fan of going chalk, but I'm going to. I'll go with uh, Boston and Milwaukee in the in the East. Um, the West... I'm concerned about the Nuggets, especially depending on who they play in the first round. Um, that being said, I think I'll go with the I'll go with the Grizz. Uh, I don't think that would work out. I'd have to look at the bracket, but I think the Grizzlies and Warriors. But I, I think they would probably meet. Uh, yeah, they meet in the second round, so you can't have that. Yeah. I'll go. I'll go Suns and uh, Grizzlies. Oh, I like that matchup. So we have a we have a Suns Grizzlies. We have a Bucks Celtics. Uh, who do you have meeting in the NBA Finals? 
Bucks Suns. Bucks Suns. Oh, okay. Rematch of uh, what is it now? Two years ago. Um, and and is it the same result? Does Milwaukee get it done, or does the Suns get that revenge? Ah, <laughs> oh, man, that's tough. I think I think it'd be a great series, just six or seven games. So far, I, I from what I've seen uh, from the Suns, I don't see how they lose with all their guys in the lineup with KD and Booker, Chris Paul and Aiton. So, yeah, I'll give it to the Suns. I'm not confident in it, but I'll, <laughs> I'll go with it. All right, so Nevada has the Suns over Bucks and potentially six or seven. All right, Eric. Who do you got coming out of the West and the East? And then, uh, well, I mean, you know what we're doing. Uh, yeah, uh, West, uh, Golden State, Phoenix. Um, Phoenix wins. Um, East, Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, of course. I thought what he's been as, saying. As is here. tradition, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go Philadelphia Cavaliers. Um, in the Eastern Conference Finals, um, the yeah, only reason the Cavs get the upset too. Yeah, I think okay. I got Cavs Sixers in the Eastern Conference Final, and I got Sixers coming out. And the only reason I don't have the Warriors back in the finals is because uh, I'm going to make a bold lock right here. Mm. Kevin Durant and Chris Paul will both miss playoff games with injuries. It's a bold lock, not. <laughs> Wait, you said the only reason I don't have the Warriors making the finals is because Kevin Durant and Chris Paul are are going to be hurt? Yeah. So then the Warriors would beat the Suns. What? So you- <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm, I, that's a prediction I'm making, but I, I'm hoping that the injuries don't happen and the Suns make it, but I'm not picking that because can't, you can't guarantee Wait, what? It. But if okay. an injury does happen, sorry, I've said that backwards. If an injury does happen, it will be the Warriors and Sixers. But I'm going to go with the Suns, wait, assuming that Chris Paul's workload is lighter and Kevin Durant so, isn't a bitch. So are you locking in that they're going to miss time with injury? I, I would like to, yes. I'm going to lock it in. So, but I so hope we have it So then why are you not picking? Why are you not picking the Warriors? Uh, because more realistically than not, they're not, they're not going to miss. <laughs> Kevin Durant's not going to miss any playoff games. And Chris Paul can miss all the games he wants. He's irrelevant to this team now. It's Kevin Durant. It's the Kevin Durant show. All right. So uh, just just to clarify real quick. So Eric uh, was talking two different things at once. So Eric has Suns Warriors in the Western Conference with the Suns winning. He has the Sixers Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference with the Sixers winning. He also wants to lock in that Kevin Durant and Chris Paul will both miss at least one game. Uh, in this postseason run. Uh, and then you have the Sixers over Suns. Because you, I didn't hear that. So you, you tried to dodge that one, bro. Yeah, fuck it. Sixers over Suns. Joel Embiid, MVP. There's a lot of pressure on this team. I think when you back when you back a dog into a corner like that, it's going to bite and fight. And I think, uh, yeah, I think uh, JoJo and the, the boys get it done. Okay. All right. So you have, all right. Fair enough. Now that we've clarified that situation, Nick, go ahead and give us yours. Uh, In the Western conference finals, I I would be remiss to not take what I talked about where I talked about the cream rising to the crop. 
Uh, I'm going to take Memphis over Denver in the Western Conference final. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm going to take Milwaukee over Boston uh, in the final. And I think we've I, – I don't know why, but I just have this feeling that we've been talking so much shit about the Grizzlies this whole time. I think the Grizzlies win the win, win the win the whole win the whole gosh darn thing. So you have I, I just I, I haven't heard anyone on mainstream media or here in this show say anything good about the Grizzlies, right? T- such tumultuous. Steven Adams is out. All, all these bad, bad things for the Grizzlies. Normally, normally when we say this, it seems like a lock for them to be out first round. All right. So I, you know, I'll I'll be bold and I'll say Grizzlies, Memphis over Milwaukee. Memphis is your 2023 NBA champion. <laughs> Memphis over Milwaukee. Memphis is the NBA champion. Okay, boys. <laughs> You're right. We haven't said anything good about him. That is uh, that is uh, for facts. But uh, neither here nor there. All excellent picks. Let's go ahead and get into the awards here, uh, Eric. If you want to share the uh, the other link. So we're going to talk about a few of the awards uh, today. We're going to go uh, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Coach of the Year, Most Improved, Defensive Player, Most Clutch, Most Valuable, and Executive of the Year. Um, for those of you who are unfamiliar with the Most Clutch, uh, most clutch is actually the it's the newest award it was never 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 existed before this will be the first year that it's handed out um and we'll go ahead and start with rookie of the year uh as we said so currently um i have a fun stat for you guys but i'll let you guys go ahead and pick from that list who you think is going to be the rookie of the year I got uh, Bonchero. Crushed it this year. Yep. So uh, Nevada has Bonchero. He's the odds on betting favorite at minus 10,000. Nick, can I interest you in anyone but Bonchero or are you taking taking shock here? I think it's Bonchero. I want it to be Jalen Williams just so I can find an award to give to an Oklahoma City Thunder player. I just I I think it's going to be Boncaro just because rookie rookie of the year is not determined on how your team plays. It's purely based individually on how you play. I think he was the best rookie, but I so 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 badly want to give Jalen Williams this award for the the the, abil- the what he's contributed to this Thunder run. Uh, to the 10th seed in the Western Conference. Yeah, so Jalen Williams is getting a lot of love right now. In the last uh, 53 games of the season, I think that's around the time that he became a full-time starter. Uh, he's been averaging uh, 15.5, uh, 5 and 5 as a rookie, which is uh, pretty impressive. His slashes are even more impressive from the two-point uh, from two-point land or just overall field goal percentage, he's shooting 52%. From three, he's shooting over 40. And from the free throw line, he's shooting over 85%. I believe he's shooting 88%. But uh, he's been one of the most impactful rookies this season. 
Um, Benedict Matherin started the season hot, kind of hit a wall. Also, didn't get to start this year. He was uh, he's also going uh, into six man conversation. Uh, he averaged, I believe, it was sixteen points off the bench. Uh, for the Indiana Pacers, but his percentages kind of dip towards the end. And uh, overall, just younger players aren't used to the grind of 82 full games, which is why Jalen Williams' numbers got better towards the end because he was eased in and his minutes, you know, he played 200 less minutes than Paolo Boncaro, which is, you know, if you're averaging 28, that's about 10 games. Uh, 10 games of the season that he played less than, than Paolo Bancaro. But, uh, Eric, who you got from this? Paolo. You got Paolo? All right. So, uh, I have I looked up this stat because Paolo Bancaro is averaging 20, right? He's averaging 20 points, uh, s- seven boards and six assists, or is it eight boards and six assists? But um, he, uh, I looked up how many players – have averaged 20 points in their rookie season. Would you guys like to guess how many players have done it? Uh, six. Two. No, it's more than that, boys. 27. 26. 25. <laughs> uh, the answer is 25. I love how you guys just <laughs> prices right, pri- prices right at each other. <laughs> Suck it, nerds. <laughs> And uh, so some of the names to have, have scored 20 points in their rookie season, Zion Williamson, 22.5. Luka Doncic, 21.2. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, 20.5. Joel Embiid, 20.2. Blake Griffin, 22.5. Uh, Kevin Durant, 20.3. Carmelo Anthony, 21. LeBron James, 20.9. Elton Brand, 20.1. Tim Duncan, 21.1. Allen Iverson, 23.5. Glenn Robinson, 21.9, 21 for Alonzo Mourning, 23.4 Shaquille O'Neal, 24.3 David Robinson, uh, 22.9 for Ron Harper, 22 for Mitch Richmond, 28.2 for Michael Jordan, 20.6 for Akeem, 21 for Ralph Sampson, uh, 23.7 for Terry Cummings, Clark Kellogg, I mean – I didn't know he dropped this much his rookie year. That's crazy. 20.1. Uh, and then these last two names are early 80s. Uh, maybe you know them, maybe you don't. But we have Kelly Tripucka at uh, 21.6 and Jay Vincent at 21.4. I mean, reading off that list, it, it was bona fide star after bona fide star. So it's hard-pressed to not give this award to Paolo Boncaro. Uh, and so I'm going to have to agree with you guys on that one. I would love to have given it to Walker Kessler. Uh, he's a, a darling from the statistics. But, uh, uh, you know, Paolo Boncaro played 72 games as the number one option for as the hope for a franchise. Gave him 20 points, 7 rebounds, 3.7 assists. And, he, you know, his, his field goal percentage wasn't that great. But Kevin Durant's field goal percentage his rookie year wasn't that great either. And uh, nobody's talking about that anymore with KD. So, all right. So we'll move on to the sixth man of the year. This is one of those uh, more interesting um, awards. There wasn't any big time name that kind of jumped out. Um, And so it's kind of, it kind of has this like quiet feel to it, but it's actually 
I feel it's a lot closer than the odds indicate. So, uh, who do you guys have coming out of the six man? We'll start with you, Eric. Uh, most my pick, my pick is solely based off the fact that me and you watched an exorbitant amount of Kings basketball this year. So I'm gonna go with my boy Malik Monk. <laughs> it's not gonna win, but he, I mean, the dude was a beast. We watched a lot of Kings basketball this year, bro. Uh, that dude balled out for them. So, uh, Nevada, who do you got for this list? Um, I'm going partially for uh, odds at plus 240, but I'm going Brogdon. Um, one, he actually came off the bench. But uh, for some quick stats for you, 15 points a game, 50 point, 50% from the field. 45% from threes, 87% fee, free throw. I mean, I, I think that's very good money right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude, so he balled out. I think he also has the most win shares of these uh, six man of the years uh, candidates. Malcolm Brogdon started zero games this year for the Boston Celtics. <laughs> it, it, Here's how crazy it is that he started zero games, right? Malcolm Brogdon isn't far removed from a rookie of the year and uh, getting a big contract with the Indiana Pacers. Peyton Pritchard for the Boston Celtics started two games. <laughs> so that, like, that's just a crazy stat for me. Uh, all right, Nick, who do you got out of this? Uh, well, before Nevada read off the, the Malcolm, Malcolm Brogdon, Malcolm, Jesus, Malcolm Brogdon stats. I wasn't going to say Emmanuel quickly, but I, I might shift my case to to Brogdon because all the points, all the points that you can make for quickly, you can make for Brogdon, right? More points per game, better shooting from the floor, better shooting from three, and his team has a better record, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. I, I think I agree with you. I don't know why quickly is minus three fifty. I feel like this race could be between the two. So I'll, I'll go with, you know, we, we always give out the advice. If you're, if you're stuck between two players, choose the odds and, and Brogdon at plus two forty is, is a good pick. I think Brogdon at, if you can find Brogdon at plus money, bet it. That it's crazy. I thought he was the betting favorite. So to see, I love the love they're giving Emmanuel quickly, better at defense, more explosive, higher impact plays for the, for the, for the Knicks. And he's one of the reasons why the Knicks actually uh, performed as well. They did because their starting lineup is kind of offensive averse, right? RJ Barrett has another uh, negative offensive performance series. They're probably going to be moving on from him. So it's a very interesting team. And Emmanuel quickly is a very big part of that. So my my personal choice on this one, I haven't been giving my choices on these, but I love Bobby Portis, especially at plus 6,600. I don't know if he's going to get it, but Bobby Portis averaged 14.1 points, 9.6 rebounds, and 1.5 assists. He almost averaged a double-double off the bench, uh, which is a crazy stat in its own right. Uh, he, had, he has a win share of 5.3. Uh, 49.6 from the field and 37% from uh, three. And uh, his minutes per game were only 26. So, you know what I mean? Like he's being hyper efficient, hyper productive in barely over two, two quarters of basketball. He's almost giving you a double-double. I don't know if he's going to win it. 
he if I had a b- vote, I would have submitted Bobby Portis as the odds on favorite to win six man of the year. So um, that kind of closes our six man of the year discussion. Uh, and we'll go ahead and get into um, boy, we'll go ahead and get into coach of the year here. Uh, so um, we went with uh, so Nick, you're first this time. Uh, I think what has happened this year with the Sacramento Kings getting the third seed, I'm gonna have to go Mike Brown. And yeah. and, and 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 again, Mike, you, you look at the odds up on the screen, right? Mike Brown at plus two fifty. I don't get these odds. I I think you're looking for coach of the year. You're looking for a guy that has taken a team well and above expectations, right? Did we expect at the beginning of the year Sacramento Kings are going to be the third seed in the West, regardless of how we think the West turned out in terms of oh Denver is fourth if you rank the conference, you know Memphis is fifth, right? I don't care. I didn't expect the Sacramento Kings to be a third seed, right? Yeah, it's here's here's the crazy thing, right? So Sacramento's not just the third seed. They won their division in a division with Los Angeles Lakers, Los Angeles Clippers, Phoenix Suns, and the Golden State Warriors. All four of those teams were considered title, you know, contenders at the start of this year, and the Sacramento Kings are the ones that won that division. Right. 16-year drought, as we said to begin it. You know what I mean? Uh, Balik Monk is in six-man-of-the-year conversation. Uh, De'Aaron Fox will get on later. He's actually in the uh, most clutch player conversation. And DeMontis Sabonis is in the MVP conversation. Now, not not in the sphere of the three best players in the league that we're that we're, we'll get to when we get to that conversation but like this sacramento team has players they have talent and they won in what was a contender stacked division now uh joe Missoula to speak to his name before i let the other two go i'll just speak to some of his right so joe Missoula was not supposed to be head coach at the start of this year Right. Ime Odoka was supposed to be the head coach, got into hot water because he was single and slept with an executive's wife who did not lose her job. But he lost his Hell job. Hell yeah. So uh, also the, the guy that would have been next in line for the Boston Celtics, Will Hardy, left to the Utah Jazz. So they actually got their third choice to coach their team in Joe Missoula. He's the youngest head coach in, in the NBA at 34. He inst- implemented a five-out offensive system for the Boston Celtics that uh, saw them result in, be- in a 5% increase in three-pointers made and attempted. Uh, Boston Celtics are the only team, I believe, in the NBA that are top five in offense and defense. Uh, Jalen Brown is... Uh, he unlocked Jalen Brown. Not that Jalen Brown was a slouch by any means in the last few years, but Jalen Brown is going to probably make an all NBA team, not first or second. He'll probably slot in the third team. Uh, and then Jason Tatum is going to be the, the he's going to get fourth in the MVP voting. Uh, so that's all under Joe Missoula. And I still think it's, it's Mike Brown personally, but I'll, I'll let uh, you go ahead, Eric. Mike Brown. Missoula inherited his team runs the same system. Yes, he changed it up a bit. The three-point shooting went up because I think they added Brogdon, who shoots a little more threes. Uh, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum is already a mega superstar or on his way to be a mega superstar. Um, outside of Robert Williams and a few minor games, they haven't dealt with any injuries. 
uh, a knock. No, no, not. I mean, the Kings have the have had the healthiest team this year, so it's not really a reason to knock a coach. But neither of them have faced that kind of adversity. But I think Mike Malone went in and changed the culture, and I think uh, Joe Mazzulla inherited a a freaking NBA Finals appearing team last year. He did get them six more wins than they had last year. That's cool. But they also did bring in Brogdon, a couple other pieces. Um, no disrespect to Missoula, but I think for me, I can't get over that, and I give it to Mike Brown. I just, I, I, I just don't think that it's like M- NBA Coach of the Year is a lot like, in my opinion, at least, most improved player, right? You give it to the coach that great that that greatly exceeds expectations, right? He was the greatest. Uh, Mm-hmm. Exceeder, that's not the right word, but he he had he had the greatest he above. He, 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 yeah, he overachieved. Did did Joe Mazzula overachieve? I, I listen. I listen. I'm pretty sure Jermaine, you could have coached the Boston Celtics to the playoffs this year. We would have got the one seed though, right? But like, <laughs> what, what what I'm saying is, like, like it, it's it's not difficult to to to. Go back to Eric's point. It's not difficult to win with that Suns team, especially when you've been studying under the head coach and you know his system. And then you know what to change about his system that you don't like, right? Yeah. So, first of all, I agree with all of your sentiments. Um, Again, I I think Mike Brown wins it. I think you guys are all making excellent points. Nevada, do you have a different choice for coach of the year this year? No, I'm I'm with you guys with Mike Brown. Um, I agree with what Nick said about him. Um, I already mentioned earlier they were my biggest surprise, uh, mostly for the NBA, but certainly for the Western Conference. Um, and for me, kind of like what Nick was alluding to, he took a 30-win team last year and put them up at 48 wins and got the three seed. I mean, you, you yeah, can't beat that. Do that. not shaft a man who has who got – a team to its first playoff appearance since 2005, 2006. Do think, not shaft the man. I think that alone. Right. That alone should should get him. So I, I want to uh, make some honorable mentions that I don't see on this list. Not that anyone on this list doesn't deserve to be on it. So uh, for those of you who can't see at home, the Michael Malone, Taylor Jenkins, and Doc Rivers round out the Joe Mazzula, Joe Mike Brown conversation we had. But uh, I, I was say- How is Doc Rivers always on Coach of the Year? <laughs> you look up any list of NBA, of coach of the year. It's it's Doc Rivers. Uh, I think it's the high turnover of the team. You know the Ben Simmons situation. Yeah, go ahead, Eric. Before you give your honorable mentions, because I'm curious to hear this, I just want to point out. I don't know how deep it goes into coaching and GMing other players around you, other people responsible for you. I think Taylor Jenkins should lose his job for how he piss poorly he handled John Morant as a coach. You got to sit that motherfucker down and be like, listen, you're, this is unacceptable. I'm going to personally suspend you if you don't get your shit together. Stop punching 17-year-olds. Stop hitting women. Stop fucking being on Instagram. Stop being in strip clubs. Phil Jackson let Dennis Rodman go do his thing. There's different ways to approach a player, but that's it's, it's unexcusable. As the head coach, you are the father figure. You are the leader of that team. You keep everyone in check. He did a piss poor job. His fucking team is always up to some antics, always up to something. I don't think Taylor Jenkins, I I don't think he should be coach of the year because he handled 
a lot of the off-field and off-court adversity. Anyway, on with your uh, honorable mentions because I'm very curious. Uh, so I have two honorable mentions that I, I want to introduce, um, which I'm I'm sh- I'm absolutely shocked they're not on this list. So I'm gonna go with Mike da- Mike Dagano. Does anyone know what team that he coaches? The Magic. No. Um, anyone else? Kansas City Royals. <laughs> Nobody. Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma City. Uh, so he, he coaches – Mike Dagno coaches Oklahoma City. They lost the number two overall pick at the start of the season and were picked to be in the Wemby sweepstakes. And still nothing. Uh, so – and not, not – sorry, not still nothing. He had the Oklahoma City Thunder make the playoffs, right? He made the playoffs over Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. Right, Luca and Kyrie of the Dallas Mavericks. I think what he did this year, unlocking uh, Jalen Williams, um, they didn't have Alexei Pukusevich. They didn't have Chet Holmgren. They really didn't have any size all year, so they were kind of a bad defensive team. And then he still made them a good defensive team. Uh, he's coached up Blue Dorts. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is the only guard in the league this season to average one steal and one block. And if you take and if you factor in his five assists and his 31 points per game that he averaged, he is in rarefied air. The only three other players that have done what Shea Gilgis Alexander did this year go by the names of uh, oh, uh, Dwayne Wade, mm. oh, uh, LeBron James, decent oh. basketball, oh, uh, Michael Jordan. Ooh. That's the list. What Shea Gilgis Alexander did this year with nobody talking about it, he did Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Michael Jordan type things. So, uh, so I, Mike Dagano, obviously. And then uh, secondly, I want to introduce J.B. Bickerstaff to the conversation. Uh, J.B. Bickerstaff coaches the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, I mean, number one defense in the league, right? Top 10 offense. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is going to be all NBA first team. Evan Mobley is in the defensive player of the year conversation. And so I I just think those two names should be mentioned, but uh, I think we all agree with Mike Brown. So we'll go ahead and get into the most improved player. So uh, most improved player. Let's see what the odds they have here. Okay. That's about chalk. Uh, most improved player, I don't have any qualms with that. I, I have an honorable mention that I'll mention later. But uh, from this list, who do you guys think should win this award? So I, I the, the, the fundamental question with, with NBA most improved player is, is it a bigger improvement to go from an average NBA player to an all, average NBA player to an all-star? Or is it a bigger improvement to go from a good NBA player to an all pro. What is more impressive? That's what you got to answer, brother. To me, to to me, I'd say all pro is distinguished by, by what in basketball, your top five at your position. Uh, So what they do top 10, maybe two teams. uh, So it's, it's three teams of five. Uh, six guards total, six forwards total, and three centers. And how many players are in the NBA? <laughs> Man, About I don't tree know fitting. Top of my head. 
Yeah. So there's about 450 people in the NBA, right? So you're telling me Shea uh, SGA, right? Shea Gagilgis Alexander. Bless you. Thank you. Went from again, again. I want to pick Thunder. I want to pick Thunder players to give this award to. Okay. Goes from being a good NBA player. We would agree. Yes. Oh yeah, he was an All Star worthy last year. Right. Now he is an All Pro this year. No. He's. Uh, so spoiler alert, he is one of my two guards to be all NBA first team this year over, over Luka Doncic, over Damian Lillard, over Steph Curry. Like those are perennial all NBA first team guards and Shea Gilgis Alexander is above all three of them. Right. Averaging over 31 points, over four rebounds, over five assists, 1.6 steals a game and over one block a game. And one block a game. I, I again, I, I feel like I consistently am picking the number two guy here. <laughs> I think it takes more of an effort, in my opinion, to go from above average player to all pro. I think that is that is most improved to go from an average to a good player. Okay, that's fine. That's taking a jump that we like to see that an organization likes to see. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. Yeah. SGA has turned himself has made us think about the conversation of is he like you just said is he a top three guard in the NBA this season? He is yes. Right. Were we even at the beginning of the year? If I would have told you, if I would have said top three guards in the NBA, how far down your list would he be? Yo, just like Eric Champions. DeJounte Murray, like that's his fucking his boy. Uh I champion Shea Gilgis Alexander, and then me and him want them both on the same team because they'd just be outstanding. <laughs> well, okay, so 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 uh, casual... even I even I wouldn't have had right. picked him for top ten, is what I was about to say. Right. So he's made in your mind, if you put him at eleven, he's made an eight player jump in guards. Minimum. Minimum. Yeah. And plus 200, uh, you can't pass a value like that. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, so here's uh, a few stats to back up Nick. So SGA finished with 31.5 points. That's seven higher than last year. Right? And if you and if you listen to, uh, you know, if you listen to me talk of, about basketball, right, I am a professor of the mid-range. I I very much think that mid-range is the key to winning an NBA championship. Being able to dominate the mid-range is very much key. Shea Gilgis Alexander, right? Here's here's a fun stat for you. He shot 49.2% from shots between 8 to 16 uh to 8 to 16 foot range. He led the league in makes at 208 and he was number two in attempts behind Vab Adebayo with 423, right? So uh, this this side, I, I can't really – he's not the top for percentages, but there are people in here who – like Luca Garza is, is one of the top percentages. <laughs> and Luca Garza played uh, 24 games. <laughs> so, Those are numbers, dude. And, and so – I, I think that's a fantastic point. So does anyone have anyone else that they want to introduce into the conversation for most improved? 
I'm just going to bring up uh, Laurie Markkinen. Uh, you mentioned briefly mentioned him earlier, Tremaine. Um, but from a betting standpoint, I don't I don't like where he's at. I think it was what was it minus three hundred. So yeah. So as much as I love SGA, I, I think Laurie Markkinen is going to run away with it. I really do. Yeah. So, um, you one of the things that kind of hurts SGA is that nobody expected this from Laurie Markkinen. Right, we had we had seen Lauren Markkinen before. We we kind of thought what we we thought what we thought we like we just thought he was going to give us what he gives us, right? So um, he increased his free throw rate, right, um, to thirty five percent this year. So it, for two years ago, it was seventeen point seven percent. He increased his points from fourteen point eight to twenty five point six points per game, and. Um, Markkinen also ranks first in points per touch in the entire NBA. So whenever he touches the ball, you, you're probably going to get a bucket, right? So, and that's all players who played 50 or more because you got to cut off some of those dudes who played like three and just average 100% on points per game. Uh, here's a fun stat, right? Joel Embiid, who we'll probably talk about later, more foreshadowing, is third. Like, Laurie Markkinen had more points per touch than Joel fucking Embiid this year. And I don't know if you guys watched Joel fucking Embiid this year. It is fucking ridiculous what a 7-2 guy can do. It's not fair. It's not fair. And back-to-back scoring titles for Joel Embiid. So, uh, I think it's a two-horse race for those two. Um, and then... I like the other names that they had, Jalen Brunson, uh, Mikel Bridges. And then I want to add Nick Claxton in from the uh, the Brooklyn Nets. But uh, he blocked more shots than everyone but Brooke Lopez. <laughs> so, like, that's pretty crazy to me, dude. Uh, I think he almost led the league in field goal percentage and – he did this all while the Nets were in upheaval. So I, I think he should be at least in the thing. We'll go ahead and get into defensive player of the year here. Um, who do you guys have winning this category? Uh, Nevada, you get to go first. I'm going to go a little bit off the screen because I don't think he's on here. I'm going to go with uh, Draymond Green. Um, and the reason I bring that up is that uh, when he was on the court, their defense was actually ranked number one. Um, when he wasn't playing, they allowed six, just over six more points per hundred hundred possessions, and he played almost five hundred minutes more than uh, the favorite Jaron Jackson Jr. So, Draymond, Draymond Green's integral to the defense for the Warriors, even though their defense more or less sucked. But uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll give it to Draymond. Yeah, I I think that's I think that's a great choice. So that was who I was going to pick as well. Draymond Green shocked to see, again, shocked again to not see him on here. I look if you're going to put Giannis Antetokounmpo for this, where the fuck is Joel Embiid? <laughs> like, the dude makes 15 to 16 defensive plays a game that just erase what the offense is trying to do. So I don't understand. Uh, again where where they're pulling this list from but you know these are the odds that we have to work with so hey there's some value out there if you can still find bets for the award season um all right eric who do you got for defense player of the year um 
Man, this is tough for me because I I understand why Jaron Jackson is the favorite. I get it. Um, I understand why Brook Lopez is. That dude changes the entire – like, he's not <laughs> – He's not even the best defender on his team, but he's got better odds to win it. But I think he just – the way he impacts the game. Um, but for me, I, I'm going to choose to abstain from giving a pick because I genuinely think that the NBA doesn't ever get the right group of guys in here. There's a couple of dudes missing. I'm not going to dive into it a lot, but, like, I guess it has to do with minutes played and how much are on the court. But there's a couple cats in the league that people fear – not fear – but there, it's like it's a tough night every night if you know that guy's going to be guarding you. Um, obviously, all these guys are probably on that list. If I have to pick one for the sake of the podcast, I'm going Evan Mobley at plus 6,600 because he's a savage. But um, there's a lot of people missing from this list. So I'm just going to go with Evan Mobley. I love that Evan Mobley. If I was submitting uh, my ballot, right, so you, you submit five names, you know, each one of them gets points. First place votes, second place votes, third place votes, etc. Evan Mobley would have been my number two choice. Um, and then, oh man, that's actually tough because Brooke Lopez <laughs> as well. But uh, all right, Nick, who do you got out, coming out of the defensive player? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm gonna throw one name out that you guys haven't thrown out, and it's it's the the uh, odds leader right now, Jaron Jackson Jr. I you know the Grizzlies are third in the NBA in defensive rating. He leads the NBA in blocks. He's second in the NBA in defensive win shares, right? At 3.8, that's 0.1 behind Brooks Lopez. I, I think when you give it to the Grizzlies for being a slightly better team, he gets he gets the nod over Brooke Lopez. But then again, I... That's that. That's just picking from from defensive player of the year, uh, the the odds that were presented here. I'm going to go Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. Um, so some of the knocks on him, and it's it's what I've been bitching about all year. Eric's probably tired of me saying it, but uh, he only averages 28.4 minutes per game, right? And he uh, committed at least five fouls in 18 different games this season. Um, you know, so. That means there's also 20 minutes of NBA action where he's not playing. So how how can you be the defensive player of the year when you're barely on the court, right? If that's the case, then I'd like to introduce Alex Caruso, who I think has a better luck-adjusted uh, D-Pram. D uh, he's got a better better defensive plus-minus. Like, you know, if Alex Caruso started all year, he'd be in this conversation. Uh, so... Uh, I think those are all great choices. Evan Mobley, uh, Brooke Lopez, or uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., all great choices. Uh, the fact that we don't see Draymond in here is fascinating. So I'm, I can't – I think this is the most competitive award this season for the NBA. Uh, and then we'll move on to most clutch player. I don't think I have odds for that on this. Uh, yeah, so most clutch player, uh, there's there's three players that immediately come to mind for me. It's um, it's De'Aaron Fox. It's, it's uh, fucking Vegas. It's it's De'Aaron Fox, uh, Jimmy Butler, and Demar Derozan. And I'm just gonna make it simple for everyone here. I'm just kidding. Go ahead, Nevada. Who do you got for this one? No, your your first one was right right down my alley, De'Aaron Fox. Um, I thought he was just crushing it this year, so. Um, I'm going to go with Foxy. 
All right. So, Eric, who do you got? Same. He's the number one scorer in clutch time minutes. So, that's the most clutch player in the league. <laughs> and uh, Nick has been trying to give every King or Thunder an award. So, I think he's going to echo the same sentiments. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think Eric nailed it perfectly. When, when, when you're going to talk about most clutch player, the dude that went that leads in scoring in clutch minutes is probably going to win the award. I would hope. <laughs> yeah. call me crazy good, good point i i would i'm gonna go with demar rosen <laughs> again again i'm shocked <laughs> uh so i'm just pissed off that they didn't create this award last year because we would have had the bulls would have had the one two finishers and demar rosen and zach levine um but that's neither here nor there so executive of the year what where, where did this award come from by the way jermaine why, why, why this, why this award this year? I think it's because of Kobe, brother. Are they going to call it the Kobe, Kobe Bryant award for clutchness? <laughs> I think that's a mouthful. So they just went with the most clutch player. I uh, think, the tro- I think the trophy might also be named after Kobe. If I'm not, I might be wrong, um, but they don't have executive of the year. So uh, just some quick nominees that uh, I'll obviously Danny Ainge and, uh, Man, I don't actually know. Danny, I, I think it's Danny Ainge. That's why. Danny, no, there's another guy that Danny Ainge is working with. They're like they work in tandem over at Utah. So you have Danny Ainge in Utah. You have uh, man. Now I'm gonna blank on every executive, even though I love executives. <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers general manager. Is it? Oh, Mike Ganzi. Um, yeah, so he's been the uh, general manager since Kobe Altman was elevated to president of basketball operations. Uh, to, uh, so it's Kobe Altman and Mike Ganzi. It'll probably be Kobe Altman who gets it. That's the name that I was looking for. And then uh, does anyone have any other teams that they would like to recommend for executive? No, I, I, I think it's – Sacramento's a good pick, so Sacramento Kings general manager. Monty McNair. Uh, I was not expecting a white dude. <laughs> That's because uh, it's because it's Montgomery McNair, the fourth. Yeah, but is Go ahead, Eric. Is Danny Ainge with the Jazz? Yes. Okay, Danny Ainge wins it because he fleeced two teams. <laughs> well, yeah. So, all right, but the, the Cleveland Cavaliers got Donovan Mitchell, and they elevated themselves into a top-four team. He traded Rudy Gobert, that useless piece of shit, and he got five first-round picks. That dude deserves a freaking Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, you know, yeah, I, I like that as well. So I would like to introduce uh, Brooklyn Nets general manager Sean Marks. Another one, fleecing people left and right, baby. <laughs> Bro, his his Mikel Bridges, Cameron Johnson return for Kevin Durant. I mean, if you have to trade Kevin Durant, that's a phenomenal player to pick up. I think since the trade deadline, Mikel Bridges has been averaging twenty seven to twenty eight points per game. Right, twenty-seven point two, which is insane. Uh, you know, for somebody who was just traded for Kevin Durant. So not only that, you got all those first-round picks for in the Kyrie deal, in the in the Kevin Durant deal, and you already have someone to build around. 
They have an eclectic piece. They have an eclectic piece of, of forwards and wings that they could throw at everyone defensively with Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney-Smith, Cameron Johnson. They have Spencer Dinwiddie and Seth Curry coming out of the front court, as well as Cam Thomas, who had four 40-point games that actually tied him with Kevin Durant and Mikel Bridges for 40-point games in a Nets uniform. Uh, and that man wasn't even playing that much. And then also you have Nick Claxton, who's – Considered for in the most improved, he'll probably finish seven and eight in that category. And he's also in the defensive player of the year, probably finishes seven and eight in that category as well. The Brooklyn Nets are a very talented team, and they remind me of the New Orleans Pelicans after they traded the Anthony Davis. And you know, New Orleans Pelicans competing. They have a very good roster now, so I can't wait to see what Brooklyn does. Um, and then I think we have one last thing to go with. Here. Go ahead. Eric. I don't think Sean Marks can win it because he traded for Ben Simmons, and that's stupid. No, he traded James Harden, who requested a trade. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> you clearly don't know basketball or being a man if that's who you trade for. Anyway, proceed with the next award. <laughs> being a man is called into question now. Yeah, it's called into question. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up with MVP odds, and then um, Nevada called me out. I forgot to give my picks, uh, so I will – I will do that at the end of this. Let's go ahead with the MVP, and we're going to open with Eric. <laughs> there's, there's an argument to be made for three players. Um, I would be okay physically if any one of them won. Emotionally, I would be destroyed if Joel Embiid didn't win. Um, I think that 50-point game against the Celtics – I think Joel Embiid's going to win it. I'm not trying to, like I, – I think all three of them deserve it. it. It's fucking crazy that we have three guys that easily – like, all equally have had historic seasons. Again, last year, all they all had historic seasons. Um, I think there's going to be a little bit of voter bias. Um, Jermaine, you've said this numerous times. The narrative around Joker is negative right now. For some reason, ex other NBA players, ex-NBA players are coming out People are saying he's only winning it because he's white, which is fucking nonsense. Dude's an animal. He's one of he's arguably a top five player in the league, arguably the best player in the league. Um, but I think JoJo gets it for performance slash voter bias against Joker. Yeah, and uh, if you think there's performance bias against Jokic, then uh, the fact that we're not mentioning what Giannis is doing, who has the best record in the league, by the way, despite missing Chris Middleton for most of the year, Drew Holiday, Mitch Large sweat stretches, Giannis missed stretches, Brooke Lopez missed stretches, Bobby Portis missed stretches, right? Uh, and he still has the best record in the NBA. So, um, Nevada, who do you got in this? Yeah, it'll be Embiid. He can finally get his participation trophy and quit bitching that he doesn't ever get MVP and he doesn't get the love and blah, blah, blah. Shut <laughs> up. All right, take your trophy, quit your bitching, move on, win in the playoffs. You and Joker in the exact same spot. You guys ain't one shit, but you guys, especially Embiid, well, nobody likes me. Nobody wants me to have the MVP. I don't understand the hate. Fuck off. Take your trophy, go home, bounce in the second round like you always do. Let's get it dealt over with. I'm, I'm tired of this MVP race. Oh, honestly, I agree with you. That's what's so funny. Uh, all right, Nick, uh, who do you have in this? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we talked about it pre-show. I, I think it was Jokic's to lose, and I think he lost it. 
in the last two weeks of the season, unfortunately. Um, and I think the only other person on that on on par with him was was Embiid. I do agree with you. I think Giannis is not getting talked about enough. Um, but so it goes, right? But That's yeah, you, yeah, Jokic, Jokic doesn't win it. It's it's a it's a he, they're they're not going to let him join the the the, the three time great MVPs because the NBA can't have that. They can't have a non champion win the NBA. Win, win, win the MVP three times in a row. You can't have that. It's it's incredibly dumb that people are saying that. Larry Bird won it three times in a row. Nobody's saying Larry Bird's the best player in NBA history. I don't know why that's an argument. I don't care what Jokic has done in the postseason. I don't care what Joel Embiid has done in the postseason. We give out an MVP in the postseason. Let's not forget that. So you want to care about Jokic in the postseason? You want to care about Embiid in the postseason? Hey, that's why they don't have a fucking finals MVP. It's pretty straight fucking forward, you knuckleheads. But here's here's some statistics, right? Uh, The Nuggets outscore opponents by 12.8 per 100 possessions when Jokic is on the court. That's the highest number in the league. Overall, he's plus 645. That's 164 points higher than the next closest Nugget. And and he has no all-star teammates, right? (laughs) <laughs> Two years ago, when Jokic won his first MVP, he was plus 6'4", 6.4 points. Last year, when he won it, he was plus 16.4 points. This year, he's a league best plus 23.2 points. <laughs> Embiid is currently 10th at 11.3, and Giannis is, is 29th at 6.8, right? He's averaging 24.8 points, 11.9 rebounds, and 9.8 assists per game. He has a league-high 29 triple-doubles, right? <laughs> so, But those last two weeks, Jermaine. His true shooting percentage is on track to finish with the highest average in NBA history among players who have taken at least 1,000 shots. Bro, it's like that is insane what he's done this year, bro. He has shot 62.9% in the non-restricted area of the paint. Uh, and So th- that's for him. So let's see. Uh, let, let's but Jermaine, see. he didn't do it all year. He did it all year except for the last two weeks. <laughs> You're not thinking about that. It needs. It's a whole season award. Yeah. So uh, here's the thing. When Embiid is on the floor, uh, only 30.6% of oppo- opposing shots come at the rim. That means seven of every 10 shots when Embiid is on the court is from outside of the paint. (laughs) If he's not, if he's not in the game, that frequency vaults up 6.5 percentage points. It's, it's the, one of the largest differences in the league. Uh, In crunch times, Philly's defensive rating is 84.1 with Embiid. Uh, the Sixers force a higher rate of long twos with Embiid on the court than every team but the Bucks. Um, let's see. Let's see. And that's because of Brooke. Yeah. Uh, so Joel Embiid leads the league in scoring, and one of the one of the things that has separated Jokic before when you're talking about Embiid is games played and minutes played, right? That's virtually not there anymore. The catch-all metrics that Jokic leads all categories in this year he's actually lost um like 35 40 percent of those catch-all metrics to Embiid this year 
And so this is the first time that Embiid has been this close to him. So what what's happened is the offensive advantage that Jokic had over Embiid in years past is not as high as it is this year. And the defensive advantage that Embiid has over Jokic is significantly better this year. So I'd be shocked if Embiid doesn't win it, and I still think that Jokic should win it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. But if, the, if, if we look back on history in the last five years, right, this half decade says Jokic wins two, Giannis wins two, Embiid wins one, I think it's fair to say that for the three best players in the NBA right now, right? Uh, so we, but what about LeBron? Yeah, I said what I said. Uh, we, <laughs> we have talked NBA to death. I'll go ahead and give you my uh, Western Conference Finals. I actually have the uh, Phoenix Suns versus the Los Angeles Lakers, and I have the Los Angeles Lakers winning to go to the Finals. And I have the Boston Celtics taking on the Milwaukee Bucks, and I have the Boston Celtics advancing to take on the Lakers in the Finals. And I think the Boston Celtics – break the tie with the Los Angeles Lakers in one of the best finals we've seen in years. Boston Celtics get 18. They ride that top five defense. They ride that top five offense. And they find they finally break that tie with Los Angeles. And uh, that's what I'm going with. Okay. <laughs> All right. You guys got anything else for the 10s and 10s? Mm -hmm. All right. Love you. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Podcast Room 303. I've been your host, Jermaine Colon Mendes. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morhan. As always, we have with us the EP, and thanks to our special guest, Nevada. We'll see you next time when you come on down and step into the room. Yeah.